In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. For the grace and peace of God our Father, the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. We come to the feast to be nourished by the Lord, but the attitude that guides us, our openness to receiving God's gifts, is what we ask the Lord for assistance in. May your grace, O Lord, at all times go before us and follow after, and make us always determined to carry out your will. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus again spoke to the chief priests and elders of the people in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time he sent other servants, saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I have prepared my banquet. My calves and fattened cattle are killed. Everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike. And the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he saw a man there, not dressed in a wedding garment. The king said to him, My friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? He was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Give the glory and the honor to the Lord. Over the years, I have been at more weddings than I can count, which means that I have seen more than my share of wedding fashions over the years. It is why I am grateful for the taste and restraint of the weddings that I've been part of at Holy Martyrs. They really are wonderful. And believe me, I know what I'm talking about. There was a time when wedding parties dressed like extras from The Godfather or the Red Wedding from Game of Thrones 
I have lived through the age of pastel tuxedos and velvet cummerbunds, wide lapels and platform shoes, bridesmaids with enormous puffy sleeves and big hats. I have seen fashions that have evoked everything from Gone with the Wind to Cirque du Soleil which is why I am grateful for the weddings that are celebrated here, that are much more tastefully done. You want the most important day in your life to be memorable for the right reasons. Well, our gospel today is about a wedding and what we wear and the attitudes we bring. The quick view of this parable is that, once again, those who should have been prepared for the coming of Christ were not. And we think to ourselves, oh good, we're off the hook. But alas, there is more to the story than that. A point of history, in those days, there was no exact time for a wedding feast. People knew roughly what day it would be, but it was only when everything was ready that runners would be sent out to the town or the village to tell the guests it's time to come to the feast. It is a wonderful analogy of the invitation that God extends to each of us to come and share the Lord's joy. So in this simple story, there are two points worth considering. First, the excuses that people offered were actually pretty good excuses. One person went off to work at his farm, another to his business. They didn't go off on some wild carousal or to some illicit activity. And it reminds us that the things that make people deaf to the invitation of God are not necessarily bad things. This is a problem in life. So often we let the second best shut out the best. Things that are good push aside things that are even better. What seems so important at the moment can end up excluding something that matters far more. And so it is that a career can replace commitment to a marriage, or a full schedule can turn family members into strangers. A person can be so busy making a living that they fail to make a life. And the second point comes from that part of the story where all the fuss is made over how the people in that parable dressed for the banquet. This was not about clothes at all. It was about an attitude. The way we come to something says a lot about ourselves. And so in this story, not wearing the proper garment was more than a social faux pas. There was an expectation that if invited, you would dress appropriately to honor the couple and the occasion. This was so important that many families would provide you with a wedding garment if you didn't have one of your own. Which meant that that man in the story who got caught at the banquet not properly dressed must have rushed right past everyone else to get a place inside. In the life of faith to which we have each been called, the door is open to all people. 
But when they come, they must conform to the life that's been given them by God. In the context of our gospel, we must be clothed in a new compassion and a new holiness and a new justice. The door is open, but the door is not open for the sinner to come in and keep on sinning. It is open for the sinner to come and become a saint. Father Andrew Greeley once told the story of a woman from Chicago who was as politically enlightened as you can get. She advocated for all the right things for minorities and women and poor people and those in the third world. She spoke out against polluters and four condemned prisoners and whales and dolphins and endangered birds and trees. She wrote letters, she marched, she protested. Her car was a moving billboard taken up with compassionate bumper stickers. And she loved to correct anybody who lacked her exquisite sensitivity. She had, truth be told, a wonderful time being on the side of compassion and good. She didn't like everybody, of course. She had a problem with the middle class and suburbanites and the religiously dogmatic and people who drove big SUVs. Until one day, when someone pointed out to her that she herself was a white middle-class suburbanite who lived in a big comfortable home with a huge carbon footprint and who drove a dinosaur of a luxury car that guzzled fossil fuel. They told her she wasn't part of the solution she was part of the problem. She cried herself to sleep that night. It is so hard these days to know who to hate and who you should not. This gospel is clarifying. It is not about a fashion statement. It is not about putting on a wedding garment. It is about putting on Jesus Christ. Christianity is not a pose or a fashion or a fad. It is a commitment we make, a commitment to do not what we choose, but what God has made us to do, so that God can work great things through us. It's like this. I was once invited to play a video game by an eight-year-old on his personal electronic gaming device. I should have known better. I told him I don't do video games. He asked me, was I chicken? Well, when I was 50 points behind, I assured him I was about to catch up. When I got 500 points behind, I said, all right, now I'm getting serious. By the time I was 5,000 points behind, I pulled up the grown-up secret weapon, the middle-aged excuse. I can't play this game. There are too many buttons. It goes too fast. If God had intended us to use our thumbs this way, he would have called them Nintendos. There are too many levels. I can't keep it all straight. It is just too complicated. Which led to this little bit of coaching from an eight-year-old. It's simple, he said. It's just not easy. Following Christ, responding to that invitation, saying yes to God's will, 
may sound some days more involved or more complicated or with more expectations than we might like. But it's not. And this is what our gospel tells us, that being a disciple is simple. It's just not easy. Precious body, precious blood, seen as bread and wine. Here the Lord prepares a feast divine. Bread of love is broken now, cup of life is poured. Come share the with compassion, with justice and mercy, and hear the prayers of your people, Lord, that we may be transformed into the likeness of your Son. Hear us, answer us through Christ our Lord. Grant, O Lord, that benefiting from our participation in these heavenly things, we may be helped by what you give us in this present age, and so prepared for the gifts that are eternal. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us go in peace to glorify the Lord with our lives. Thanks be to God.